All right, we head to the midnight section, the realm of horror and vulgar movies. Uh, I got a little bit of both here in the first one, a movie called Censor out of the UK, directed by Prano Bailey Bond, also wrote it with Anthony Fletcher, about a film censor, Enid, who discovers an eerie horror that speaks directly to her sister's mysterious disappearance, and she resolves to unravel the puzzle behind the film and its enigmatic director, a quest that blurs the lines between fiction and reality in terrifying ways. I personally really enjoy enjoyed this one I, I thought it was a pretty electric kind of horror movie discomforting and and uh delirious in its own way about guilt and trauma it's full of really inventive stylish filmmaking in the way that it's switching up film styles and giving you bits of these movies and then cutting back to reality i mm -hmm. thought it was very uh, just I really liked the stylish aspects of it. And then it sort of goes insane in its final 20 minutes or so in a way that I really, really appreciated. So for me, this was the standout midnight movie. Uh, but what about you guys? What did you think about Censor? You okay? I, I'm kind of mixed. Um, I do really like how it kind of went off the rails at the end, but I also felt like it felt like such a stark contrast from how it began that... Mm -hmm. It didn't, it didn't necessarily feel cohesive. It almost felt like two different movies for me in terms of that. Mm -hmm. I was kind of excited for it to stay this like slow burn, like creepy that, crime, yes. you know, thriller as it was going through. And then it gets like very surreal. It's deeply uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So it does a lot of what you expect from a, from a midnight category movie to do. But uh, yeah, I just, um, to me, it just didn't come, come together quite as well as I, I would have hoped. But I understand why people are like really, really digging this movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, none of the midnight section really blew me away. Yeah. There was stuff that I think deserved to have been on there. Uh, most of them were threes. Maybe something would have been a three and a half. Sensor was right in the middle for me. I agree. I like a lot of what the story is saying, and I found the Q&A to be so fascinating because, mm -hmm. again, it is this idea of the movie is questioning, should this, should this midnight category even exist? <laughs> or is right. it causing harm? And it answers it by going, yes, no. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. Like, that's the way. And I, like, you know, yeah. and it's like, and I don't know if, like, and again, I want to watch it again because it's like, are you just shrugging off the the question that you're posing or are you just going like, mm -hmm. I don't know, but maybe here like it's it, it's interesting. Uh, Zach, you liked the most out of all of us. Yeah. And, and I see what you're saying in that transition between the first half and that last little ending there. Um, it, it is a bit sudden, but I think I just bought the world of this movie and uh, the, the intoxication uh, happening with with the character there I, I just think it's a kind of fascinating transition and maybe because it's so aesthetically pleasing i forgave some of its Yo. choices but you know i just there's so many moments and scenes that i thought were just mm -hmm. dope just uh, that just kicked ass I'm, um and you know sometimes you need a movie like yeah. that too it, i i think for me this was like this just did the most things that I thought were cool out of out of That's any fair. movie at Sundance. Maybe. To add to that, there's a lot of visual flair in there. Well, someone will be sitting and behind them there's a flower. It's a death flower. They're talking about death. She's doing a crossword mm -hmm. puzzle. She guesses dial. The phone mm -hmm. rings. There's a lot yeah. of dope stuff like that because it's a movie about movies, you know? Yeah. I, and it's mm -hmm. interesting because to her, it's like she's not seeing her job as entertainment, right? Like we do kind of here yeah. to that degree. 
she thinks it's her responsibility to save people to that. Yeah. So it's a really fascinating movie. I might like it a lot more on my rewatch for sure. Same. Yeah. Definitely. Let's go to Coming Home in the Dark, the New Zealand horror film directed by James Ascroft. It's about a family's outing on a camping trip that descends into terror when some bandits approach them unexpectedly. Yes, sir. It's this like prolonged hostage experience just that starts uncomfortable and just increasingly puts you through more and more peril. Uh, it leaves you kind of on the edge of your seat throughout. Art, what did you think about this horror film? Did we all catch it? Mm-hmm. I did. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, dope. Good. Right. It is a fantastic thriller. It has the suspense down pat. I don't even want to say mm-hmm. too much about what happens, just that it's a family mm-hmm. and two stragglers come across. The main thing I would say against it, positives. They mastered the fog. There are some scenes in here <laughs> yeah. where the fog was an actor in and of itself, be it uh, when a character comes in, when they're leaving the gas station. They have the suspense down pat. In the back of my mind, though, I'm like, what are you trying to say here? Who's right? Who's wrong? Maybe that's a part of the movie to get it to a degree mm-hmm. where, like, a, another movie we'll be t- discussing, Wild Indian, uh, takes it to to a point where both are right, both are wrong type of thing in terms of what is happening. It, it's like that sequence in Nocturnal Animals, but for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> I really like the suspense in this. I just wish that the story which i know it's a short story as well so i want to read that uh, what they were trying to get across may get a little muddled but again that may have mm-hmm. been the point yeah i mean i i think it's it, the movie is very good at racking up the tension they're very are, good they do this thing where they'll build the tension and then they'll kind of slowly let the air out and then right when you're starting to relax that'll increase the tension mm-hmm. again and i think that's just good thriller filmmaking mm-hmm. uh maybe it felt a little bit say samey by the end which is something that would keep me from saying like this movie is great but this movie is very yeah. good and and satisfying if you're looking for this kind of feeling in a horror movie i'll raise you the same because i agree with you you do get the sameness but at the same time mm-hmm. usually you have characters making dumb decisions and they, they may have been like one or two but the yeah. thing is mm-hmm. it's that it's not that they make dumb decisions it's just that they're a little bit older and it's like ah oh, you couldn't run the 100 <laughs> right. yards that fast they no. do it is one yeah. of the things that i like about the movie is they do a lot of the things that like when you're watching a horror movie and you're thinking well why don't they try just going for the door they when they it. go for the yeah. door they try it and it's just like you just did not have you were you weren't you weren't going to compare to this but yeah. again he said yeah. it is a dissection of the history that new zealand that that australia is dealing with i just didn't get too much of that but again i'm curious yeah. to revisit it and the short i story. wish they had done more yeah. with that but i did like it overall yeah cool <laughs> a glitch in the nope. matrix Next. directed by I, rodney Ash. that one's coming out in like before this gets done so before we'll this let is that out, this should be out right now we should yeah, this should, should be, be out right, right now, now. <laughs> zach <laughs> well this is a multimedia exploration of simulation theory oh. an idea as old as plato's republic and as current as elon musk's twitter feed <laughs> this is a conspiracy theory movie of a sorts that just focuses on the simulation theory i don't want to really explain too deep into simulation theory but it's essentially the idea that our world isn't real it's a computer simulation of some kind uh i was extremely frustrated by this movie because they seem to exclusively interview narcissists who dwell on reddit people who refuse to see outside of themselves because they lack a certain empathy and therefore people around them don't matter 
does this movie agree with me? I think so. I think this movie hates these people too, yet it decides to let them talk for over an hour uh, and and masks them behind these lame Snapchat-esque filters. I, I think there are interesting filmmaking elements that are objectively done with skill, but subjectively they suck. I, <laughs> I hated watching this documentary and I just am frustrated that it even exists to a certain extent that, that I had to spend 10 plus minutes of my life, like listening to the ramblings of a double murderer is just st- time. I will not get back. So catch it now on VOD. I want to make an entire uh, video and after credits on this, just talking spoilers. <laughs> this is Edge Lord the movie. When you yeah, realize yeah. what it is that he's going for, this is the director who did Room Two Three Seven. So if you like that movie, you're going to find this fascinating as well in terms of just all of these theories. And all of these theories are great, but when you're pitching a certain stance in your movie that you're trying to talk <laughs> about, which one turns out you can show an entire movie and blame uh, shootings for happening for that movie without having to ask for the permissions to use it. But when you're trying to make a case, kind of like censor about how something getting out there can affect people to do something. And then your whole movie is giving those people a platform. It is so damn stupid. They had one really good shot where, uh, Everything is changing this. I really like that shot. But another movie has that. That is much better. It's called All Light Ever. We'll get to that one instead. Amanda. And more similarities in Sundance films. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to save my thoughts for if I decide to talk about the whole thing. Good. Good. (laughs) Uh, I do think it's very interesting that they talk to one woman and she's the only person with any sense in the movie. (laughs) Yo, why did we sit through an Elon Musk YouTube video? No, 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 no. Why did we have the Mandela effect (laughs) explained to us by what's your damn name? The YouTuber? Oh, who was? Oh, my God. Who had the the con? Tana 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 Mojo. Tana Mojo. Yeah, yeah, that was your mind trying to forget that. What's the next movie, Zach? What's the next movie, Zach? Never mind. How how to with John Wilson did it better. Anyway, Nakningar or Knocking. I just like saying (laughs) Nakningar. It's the Swedish midnight film directed by Frida Kemp. Written by Emma Bronstrom. Uh, It's about Molly, who moves into her new apartment after a tragic accident and begins hearing a strange noise from upstairs that starts to unnerve her. As its intensity grows, she confronts her neighbors, but no one seems to hear what she's hearing. Stars Cecilia Milocco. Amanda, what did you think about Knocking? I really liked the the concept that it was going for i feel like some people might feel like some of this is kind of being overdone with the is it really Mm -hmm. happening is it mental illness (laughs) but um yeah i thought this was another one that i watched before the festival officially started and uh it didn't quite fully hit for me Mm -hmm. but i do still think that it was like a like really well done movie as her like paranoia kind of keeps mounting and mounting and you know the, everybody around her is becoming like very antagonistic to the things that are happening because she the more on edge she gets obviously the more they're going to be like oh you're talking about lady um mm-hmm. but but yeah yeah i don't know what you guys thought but yeah, I mean, a little thriller yeah yeah it's decent yeah thriller. It's not exactly remarkable or like spectacular in some way, but I thought it was solid. It's kind of like a a more psychologically focused rear window in, in the fact that it's like got that relatable aspect of like 
you're you're always thinking about like what your neighbors are up yeah. to sometimes especially like if you're in an apartment mm-hmm. building but you you know you never really know what's behind all the other doors in your apartment building and uh, I, I just like that relatable aspect to mm-hmm. it that feeling of like oh well what would I do or like can't you know how would you handle the situation and mm-hmm. yeah maybe that whole like is she hearing this or is she crazy thing becoming a little bit overdone in horror movies but I think it's pretty effective yeah. here uh, yeah I mean definitely not one of the like amazing movies from the yeah. festival but solid and I think worth the watch I like the camera work yeah, yeah. a very different movie Mother Schmuckers <laughs> out of Belgium written and directed by Lenny Guitz and Harpo Guitz this is about two brothers in their 20s who are supremely stupid but never bored as madness is part of their daily lives when they lose their mother's beloved dog they have 24 hours to find it or she will kick them out this qualifies as the vulgar half of the midnight comedy uh, midnight comedies yeah. you know this is a, a movie in which the opening scene is about frying and eating shit like <laughs> yeah. literal poop shit uh and that's like maybe not one of the three craziest things that happens in this movie the movie movie progressively Uh, (laughs) gets worse from that point on so (laughs) worse in terms of what they do not necessarily worse in terms of quality absolutely Uh, the subject uh, matter they deal with gets significantly (laughs) worse and when your baseline is eating shit just be warned exactly I found this was like Step Brothers by way of Tim and Eric. It's got this like really crazy, jovial, uh, juvenile sense of humor to uh, the interactions between these brothers. But it's also got these weird filmmaking quirks from these harsh zoom ins and zoom outs that kind of make it weird to watch some scenes to suddenly they'll just like superimpose the second video on top of the first Bro. video in like a YouTube yeah. kind of way. I don't know. But I kind of was charmed by a lot of the eccentricities of this movie. I don't know. It's very stupid. And it is not for the faint of heart. But I laughed a few times. Yeah. It's Bill and Ted meets Jackass, bro. I know yeah. you didn't get to see Mandibles yet, but it's even that as well. It's so... Cr- I want to give it three stars. Yeah. And then I get to the second half and I want to take away three stars. It's yeah. so crazy. I remember you were <laughs> like, this is stupid funny. And then you, you were like, I just time. got to the scene. And I was like... Have fun, buddy. It only goes downhill from here. Best editing. Oh, yeah. It it (laughs) makes you sick and it's trying to. Like, sometimes you say, wow, that made me Mm -hmm. sick. And it's like, oh, you're just weak stomach. No, it is trying to make you feel sick by putting close-ups on people's mouths when they're, like, eating things. Like, it's trying to make you feel sick. that's not even the worst part. Yeah, there's some stuff that happens at the end. Good thing oh that they verify God. your age in this. I cannot, like, I can't promote mm-hmm. this. This, this is, The best way to promote this movie is how they're promoting it. Don't watch it. Then someone wants to watch it, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely disgusting, yeah. but I did laugh a ridiculous amount of times just because of the sheer yeah. stupidity. There yeah. is some great edits, like Zach was talking about, of imposing another image, but someone runs, and it's just mm-hmm. the same shot five times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Just stupid, dumb, yeah. dumb decisions so like that. Dumb. But yeah, like they're annoyingly I, stupid. Like that's the thing. Like they mm-hmm. are next level dumb. Like you think dumb, like dumb and dumber, but it is like one step further. This is like somebody, got, they got dropped on their heads as a kid and this is the life they have now. Yes. And they do things <laughs> yeah, that are going to piss people off. They still act like they're seven years yeah, they, old. They, uh, they, yeah. they, they're the types of brother, like you know those siblings who are constantly physically fighting yeah. and it's just like ingrained into how they interact with each other. These yeah. are those kids, but they're just 20. put into adult bodies or somewhat adult bodies Mm -hmm. it's kind of hilarious but definitely not for everybody 
All right, our last midnight movie is Violation, the Canadian film, written, directed, and produced by Madeline Sims Feuer and uh, Dusty McAnally. It's about a troubled woman on the edge of divorce returning home to her younger sister after years apart. But when her sister and brother in law betray her trust, she embarks on a vicious crusade of revenge. Art, what did you think about Violation? Rough. <laughs> all, everybody saw it? Yeah. No, yeah, uh, no. Oh, it was supposed to be what I watched after Judas. Oh. Started it for a couple seconds. And you took a break. Gotcha. And then I was like, no. Then it wouldn't let me watch it the next day. It wouldn't right. let me yeah, watch it the, the two four, days the later. Four either. hour marker thing. It yeah. wouldn't even let me do oh. the public one for some reason. Damn, that's lame. So um, I'm gonna ask. Sh- Shutter usually is good about sending me stuff, so I'll be like, yeah. And this, so this one yeah. got picked up by Shutter. This is a movie that I know had a very uh, split. It was very yeah. divided when it came out of TIFF because of the subject brutal. matter that it's, yeah, the, the subject matter that it's covering. Zach had pitched it to me as a sequence. It has a sequence that is worse than Irreversible's mm-hmm. sequence. Um, yeah. Which I, I don't know if I believe anymore, but that's what I I don't heard believe it either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Look, I like the rage that this movie has. This is a revenge movie to the degree where. It, it is just as dark and rough as possible. I think that there are moments where it drags it out, kind of like sequences mm-hmm. in, in funny games, right? Where you're just like watching the terror happen and the camera will not move. I didn't hate it. I am curious to see how the reaction to, well, honestly, the target audience uh, would feel about this movie. That's one of the biggest things yeah. that we've noticed out of Sundance with last year's Promising Young Woman and many other movies that come out that deal with this type of subject matter. This may have that ending that people wanted from previous films good to know <laughs> it's very filled with rage and it lives up to it yeah well, you can see it in the no, poster yeah. like yeah it, dude it visceral. is yo that poster is the energy the entire movie carries good yeah it's extremely effective in instilling that that feeling of discomfort and dread and and, and you know, sadness, even trauma. I think it's really good at giving you uh, what its characters are experiencing. I think something that I also really appreciated about the film was its construction. It benefits from this this nonlinear mm. construction that kind of throws off your perception of what's happening, but but kind of keeps you guessing. It's like the right amount of detective work where you want to yeah. find out what is going on between these characters. So that's something that also I think brought me into the movie, and that is a credit to the filmmakers mm-hmm. and how they put this together it's maybe it's would not work quite as well if it was just a straight up uh linear story uh yeah but it it, it is a duo and uh the co-director is also the star of this film is she not i believe so yeah madeline yeah, sims yeah, viewer uh i yeah, agree so with a, zach really there, there are some so shots really really impressive you look at yeah, them and then yeah, it's yeah. afterwards you realize hmm. oh that's the significance of those shots so this may actually be i i have it at the top up there with mother schmuckers both for different reasons this is competent filmmaking and the other one is just being midnight's the most midnight of the midnights uh i'm curious yeah. to hear your thoughts on this one amanda when you get the chance yeah i i'm excited to watch it. i'm gonna maybe reach out later today sweet cool yeah, so definitely would recommend that one, and that one should be available within the next like month or two, I think, on Shutter. So we'll get back around to talking about mm-hmm. Violation. Uh, let's take a quick break from the features and talk about shorts. 
uh, because Sundance also features a bunch of shorts every year. And uh, I know Art got to catch all of the different shorts programs. I didn't catch quite as many of them, but there were a few standouts. Uh, I did want to spotlight quickly. A concerto is a conversation, a really immaculately crafted film, beautiful to look at. Uh, Another film like we were talking about with that type of camera where it gets people to look directly into the lens, despite the fact that they're having a conversation. And I think that really lends this very intimate quality uh, to the central conversation between a, a, a grandson and his grandfather about the their journeys in America. I think it's a movie that says a lot with very little. Uh, I was blown away by this one. And it's publicly available now on the New York Times website. Yep, picked up by Array. So Ava, I'm sure, is going to be pushing it to get it into that Oscars shortlist. It is eligible, as a lot of all these are. You can catch it for free. Highly recommend it. Beautiful ending line between a, a grandfather and his and his kid. Some of the other ones, I don't know if you were able to catch BJ's Mobile Gift Shop. I thought it was a pretty funny movie. No, I didn't. It takes place here in Chicago. It's just a cute little short. I would love to see this one maybe available on Netflix or even on YouTube if possible uh, about this dude who he's got his own shop wherever he goes. Oh, did you just come out of a meeting but you need a new tie? What's up? <laughs> I got a tie. You need this? At a certain point, like he gets made fun of for what would be a stereotype. Homie sells that too. It's a cute little movie that I believe actually stars um, a friend of the director himself, if not a relative. Uh, and he said he's like, pretty much I just based it all around him. He's not even an actor. He's just a filmmaker. We just did it. Uh, and, it and it is a little bit of love story to Chicago as well because he said in the Q&A that he moved to L.A. And he brought up something pretty interesting, how we always leave Chicago. Chicago's that city that everyone always leaves. And then they talk about coming back. You know the Kanye song. It, it, yeah. So I like that aspect of it. Uh, Bruiser was a very interesting short uh, by a young filmmaker who grew up in the YouTube age, About uh, inspired a lot by um, uh, World Star videos. I think it's shot beautifully. It's about this fight that's happening between two full-grown men in a bowling alley. And, and the fight sequence that happens across the actual alley itself is so fascinating. But it's about what happens when that fight gets caught on camera, but the kid's watching it the entire time. How does that affect the kid? Very good doc. Mm. Dear Philadelphia, which we had mentioned earlier, there is a way to watch it online, but I think you have to be in the UK. Uh, another great dissection of the work that's being done in Philadelphia. It's very well told. Double Speak, which we had mentioned in our LME video, available yeah. on Vimeo. The Field Trip. This is one that we were able to catch last night, uh, right before everything ran out. A very uh, engaging look at these kids put into what I would call Kitsanya, which is this version of... Uh, a, a amusement park, but all the kids play roles. So you work at a McDonald's to make money to then go pay for the race car track where a kid is working at the race car track to make money to go eat at McDonald's. This does <laughs> it to a degree where it's teaching these kids, only a few of you can be CEOs. Everybody else, you know, be the workers. And remember, in the real world, you two can, I don't know, all fight for the same three spots in the real world. It's saying some stuff through kids hmm. who you know say the darnest things hilarious uh i would highly recommend that one cocoon a movie made for 80 dollars may even be eligible for an oscar we'll see it's trying to make the oscar shortlist uh it is a director who made it all out of styrofoam and it's about all of these things uh, all of these dreams that his mom would have be careful i had a dream about this a dream about that um and how he always listens to her and i thought it was i thought it was a nice little short pretty fascinating this one technically animated yes it was part of the animation uh set that they had uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Alina was able I'll to I'll shout out Raspberry Go quickly, which is a, a very slight story, uh, just a really kind of interesting <laughs> little thing. You know, it, it's essentially a long walk around the block to get to one joke, but if, if your whole short film is one joke, 
you know that joke's pretty good yeah. and i think i think it's kind of touching in an odd way uh but also just funny and beautiful mm-hmm. if you get a chance to catch it absolutely catch raspberry that it's very short but worth it that's the one where instead it was a dramedy that then sn- it's a drama that sneaks up and it ends up being uh pretty funny the rifleman there yeah. was a very engaging talk with the director during the legal clinic that uh one of the one of the what's it called that sundance had one of the talks she discussed how mm-hmm. she was able to get all of the footage for this and had a very engaging discussion about how some of the stuff you can claim as fair use whereas other things you know it, you can't really ask the nra for footage when you're going to critique them, but it is a four-part tale, I want to say, about guns, the making of guns, and in particular, a rifleman, and Mm. the hypocrisy that comes with it. It is a pretty good short. I highly recommend that one. Touch the Master's Hand. We both got to see one of my personal favorites, and it won big. This dude is funny in his pitch. He was funny in his awards acceptance speech, and he is hilarious in this short. I don't want to say too much about it other than it is about this um, missionary Mormon group, and you're following this one kid who feels guilty about something. Mm -hmm. And I just love that it's in Spanish. Well, yeah, that's the that's the one thing that I do want to give away about this movie because like let's not talk about the plot. It's so but funny. They're they're missionaries practicing to be in a Spanish country, so they are not natural Spanish speakers, but no. they're being forced to say everything in Spanish. And there's a lot of humor in that. Just alone. I, I'm glad this one won. This deserves to this deserves to be seen by a couple people. That was pretty good. Um, White Wedding was another one that I found very fascinating, uh, where you have. The wedding day and the woman who's getting married notices that, uh, well, she doesn't notice it. Her sister and her mom notice that's her dad who was never there and he's playing for the band. And it's a very interesting um, sequence of events that happen leading on that day. And then finally, you wouldn't understand a little comedy kind of, I don't want to say what else it is actually, uh, about a picnic gone wrong. I'll put it to you that way. They are inspired yeah. very much by Monty Python. I know that the it's technically a group. It's not just a director, but it's like the director and the team are also the editor, are also the writers. Like they work as a as a group together. So I can definitely see the Monty Python homages, but also just the, the the way that they work about it. I know you caught this one as well. I found it to be kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, it's really delightful. Just kind of. A, a f- it's like a very fun sketch. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think sometimes you get a short film that's very meaningful or it moves you in an unexpected way in a short amount of time. But this is a very solid sketch comedy kind of short. Uh, would be would be like the best thing on SNL any week this last season. Yes, sir. Uh, did you want to say something about like the ones I used to know? I, I thought it was just a, a very sweet short. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was saying, some of these shorts actually move you. And I think it's kind of nice and unexpected when they, they can create something uh, that actually does have a bit of emotion in it in a, uh, in a shortened period of time. But the thing that I also appreciate about this one is how lived in the world feels. There's just this chaotic energy uh, and these characters who feel like very specific people that makes me think that this is a filmmaker very much in control of what they're doing and somebody who's probably going to graduate to feature films in not too long. So my last two, Bambarak, really good story about a, a daughter 
going to work with her father and the different things that they have to face throughout the day because they are technically, I want to say from the story, would be immigrants in another place where everyone's upset that the refugees are coming in. Uh, the director talked about how it was inspired by her, a Middle Eastern director who talked about how she actually had to go on a kind of drive along with her dad. But the final one I would also say is Don't Go Telling Your Mama, the one that won the really big award. Mm. This is, uh, I believe, like a couple people worked on this because it would have been Topaz Jones, who's also in it. He is the director and the star based off of a music video that they wanted to make for the album. And it just ended up becoming a short uh, along with his friends Rubber Band, who um, have also been his collaborators. The entire thing is supposed to be a re-education of masculinity for him in particular growing up black in America done through the ABCs. Very interesting short. If you are a fan of, uh, what did I compare it to? HBO series, um, Random Acts of Flyness. Oh, yeah, I think right. you would like the uh, the artistry that this brings to it as well. So pre- pretty solid shorts. All right, cool. So you, yeah, so always some interesting short films that are part of the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, let us know if you caught any of those shorts.